We would like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we have, uh, of course, three hours plus of some of the very best in jazz music. And uh, as is our usual routine, we're going to start with our jazz feature artist, but we have music by all kinds of people um, later on after the feature is over. And, uh, well, you'll just have to keep listening. You'll find out because um, we always play a, a wide variety of jazz and jazz-related music. Our jazz feature artist is a very interesting gentleman who came up in an era where, well, let's put it mildly, substance abuse was um, a big deal because it was the 50s and early 60s. And, uh, of course, a lot of musicians um, got strung out, fell by the wayside. Um, many, many recovered. Um, but it was something that wasn't exactly uncommon in the jazz world. Gigi Grice his name was George General Grice, and he shortened it to a nickname and became known as Gigi Grice, was an exception to the rule. Not only did he become associated with uh, tons of musicians in his career, people like Dizzy Gillespie, Thelonious Monk, um, all kinds of uh, major people, he was a major voice of the alto saxophone. And he was a straight shooter. He was a non-smoker, a non-drinker, and never, ever used drugs. He was extremely well-spoken and university-educated, and uh, just uh, he did not fill the stereotype of a African-American jazz musician or any kind of jazz musician, African-American, Caucasian, whatever. Uh, Grice was, uh, was very different. And, and yet, he was right in the middle of all the developments that took place in one of the most important eras of jazz music in the 50s and early 60s. And suddenly, in about 1962, Grice disappeared. He dropped out of music entirely. Um, he had become um, a convert to um, Islam, uh, many, many years before, but never used his uh, Islamic name. But after he dropped out of music, he began to use his uh, Islamic name, which was Bashir Quism. Anyway, after he dropped out, he became a school teacher, a very inspired school teacher, um, and he began teaching in New York City at an inner city school in the Bronx. And after his uh, untimely death in 1983, uh, he was only 57, um, the school authorities were so impressed by his accomplishments in that school. He taught music, he taught history, he taught all kinds of things, that they named the school after him. And to this day, Bashir Kism um, Elementary School still exists in the Bronx. And it's named after none other than Gigi Grice. And on the plaque um, of the school, they also, uh, of course, they have his 
um, his name, Gigi Grice, there so that people know um, who are, of course, into jazz and into music know who he is. Anyway, um, it's a long story about Gigi Grice, and it's, it, it's a, a bit of a mystery. Um, he was uh, a champion of civil rights, of course, um, and he also did something. Most of the record companies, musicians that wrote compositions, uh, had to register the compositions with the record companies. So if someone else recorded your composition, you got about a very small percentage of the royalties. You didn't own the music that you wrote. The record company did, and they took the majority of the royalties. Grice was a little different. He was one of the pioneers who formed his own publishing company and insisted on all of his compositions and others who, who joined him uh, that their compositions be registered and, and owned by the composers as the way it should be. And the composers of those tunes should get all the royalties. Anyway, that was one of the things that got him into a little bit of trouble. Um, some of the record companies were owned by or at least um, financed by some rather dubious organizations. And um, I'm told that there was quite a bit of pressure on Gigi Grice as well, and this was one of the reasons why he got out of the music business, as he was beginning to see how damnably corrupt it was in many aspects, and it bothered him deeply. Anyway, getting back to his uh, production in music, um, before he dropped out, in about 1959 and 1960 and early 61, he had his own quintet together, and he it was called the Gigi Grice Quintet, or sometimes he called it the Gigi Grice Orctet, and it was a very well and very tightly organized band, and they made a series of albums for prestige new jazz records. They also made one for Mercury Records, and the group also recorded for some uh, small um, independent labels as well. So there is a legacy right from the latter part of his career, but by 1962, that was it for Gigi Grice. He never picked up his horn again, never... Uh, participated in music again, and as I said, died in 1983. Uh, went back to his hometown in Florida, and and um, in the company of his relatives, passed away, 57 years old. But he made his mark on jazz, and somehow he's a forgotten man. There is a book on G.G. Grice, which is one of the most interesting reads it, it covers the whole era that he was involved in, so it's a great historical jazz book, but it's also the story of his life, and it goes into some of the mysteries of why he did this, why he did that, and some of the things that he had to face. The book is called The Rat Race Blues, and it, it was named after one of his uh, more famous compositions. As a matter of fact, uh, there's a record out which is titled that, um, and this book is uh, well worth reading uh, because uh, Grice was the most interesting and enigmatic personality, and you'll get a whole idea of the era that he grew up in and, of course, all his involvement in that era. Okay, 
We're getting to this album, which was uh, one of the three recorded for Prestige New Jazz Records. And it's, uh, in my mind, um, this is one of the best ones. They're all good. So I could play all three of them for you, and and, uh, (laughs) you'd have a hell of a hard time deciding which one was the best. But this one um, is particularly good, and it features his organized band, Gigi Grice on alto saxophone, and he was one of the major voices of that instrument, of course, inspired by Charlie Parker's style, but he had his own take and his own way of playing, very, very fine um, musician, a very fine player uh, with a nice individual sound. Gigi Grice on alto saxophone, and his frontline partner is one of the great powerhouse uh, modern jazz trumpet players, originally from Texas, Richard Notes Williams. Richard Williams on trumpet. So they make a powerful front line. On piano from San Francisco, and to this day he still performs around New York City, his adopted uh, city, the great Richard Wyans on piano, one of the most elegant and underrated uh, of uh, all the major pianists. On bass... Julian Ewell, a very, very fine bassist who uh, not only played jazz, but he played in symphony orchestras as well. And one of the great uh, drummers from Philadelphia, and Mickey Roker. And, of course, Mickey Roker is on so many recordings, um, and uh, his, his drumming just uh, really propels this, uh, this band. Gigi arranged all the tunes, and two of his most famous compositions are featured on this set of six. Um, And the other tunes are, are, as I said, his arrangements. All this was recorded May the 3rd, 1960, at Rudy Van Gelder's studio. We're going to take the tunes as they were recorded in the studio. And the first tune is called... Uh, one of the most familiar of all tunes. It's the Gershwin Brothers' Summertime. (laughs) Don't we wish Summertime was back here in Vancouver? Oh, yeah. Anyway, Summertime opens the set, and then a ballad that was made famous not only by Billie Holiday but by Charlie Parker, the ballad Lover Man. And then tune number three is one of Grice's most frequently played compositions, a famous tune by him. It's called Minority. And tune number four is another great um, ballad, standard tune, written by Rube Bloom and Ted Kohler, Don't Worry About Me. And tune number five is an old traditional tune that I think everybody knows called Frankie and Johnny. You know, Frankie and Johnny were lovers, and so on and so forth. That's the tune. And the final tune is Gigi's dedication to the great jazz baroness, Nika Rothschild. And the tune is called Nika's Tempo. And this has been recorded by all kinds of different bands. It's a great tune. So that's the set. Once again, Gigi Grice on alto saxophone, Richard Williams on trumpet, um, Richard Wyans on piano, Julian Ewell on bass, and Mickey Roker on drums. And we, we open with, of course, Summertime. Thank you. 
Thank you.
our jazz feature this evening, an album that was originally issued on the prestige new jazz label and called The Happenings, and that was the Gigi Grice Quintet featuring trumpet star, new star at the time, Richard Williams. And uh, I mentioned uh, at the beginning that Gigi Grice is um, a rather forgotten individual uh, in jazz history. And one of the uh, great books on jazz that I'm sure that you can find at the library is one called The Rat Race Blues. And uh, that's uh, the name of an album and a tune written by Gigi Grice. And what it is is Gigi's biography, and it solves kind of all the mysteries about this man um, coming into an era of music um, as a a non-smoker, non-drinker, non-drug user, uh, and yet performed with all these great musicians, uh, Thelonious Monk, Dizzy Gillespie, um, led all kinds of good bands, Clifford Brown, um, all kinds of uh, great bands, wrote arrangements for everybody, was right in the thick of things, and then in the early 60s, completely dropped out of the scene and became a school teacher for the rest of his life and never played music again. And um, the book is very interesting because it uh, takes in that whole era of music, which is, of course, a very active era in the jazz world, and um, examines Gigi Grice's life uh, from other people and um, his family and all that sort of stuff. Uh, A most interesting and enigmatic man and extremely talented uh, individual. As I said, very, very well-spoken, very well-educated man and uh, contributed so much to jazz, and he's kind of a forgotten figure and uh, doesn't deserve to be. One of the major voices of the alto saxophone, as you just heard, and uh, Gigi, of course, got his inspiration from Charlie Parker, um, but he played his own way and his own style. And, of course, he was an accomplished composer and an accomplished arranger as well. This album was um, one of three that he recorded for the Prestige New Jazz label. He also recorded one for Mercury Records and then did some independent recording as well uh, and then dropped out and, uh, as I said, became a schoolteacher. But uh, this album was recorded uh, May the 3rd, 1960 and called The Happenings. And uh, as you heard, it's a good one. Gigi on alto saxophone, Richard Williams on trumpet, Richard Wyans on piano, one of the elegant uh, piano players who is still around and still performs in New York City. Julian Yule on bass, and from Philadelphia, one of the great drummers, Mickey Roker. The tunes we heard, there are six of them. And we began with, um, and of course, all the tunes are arranged by Gigi Grice. We began with uh, the Gershwin Brothers' Summertime, probably one of the most familiar of all melodies. And the second tune that we heard was, of course, a famous tune made famous by uh, Charlie Parker and Billie Holiday, written by Ram Ramirez and some other people, the tune Lover Man. And um, then a famous Gigi Grice original that is still played to this day, a tune called Minority. 
And then the next tune after that was um, a great version of a standard tune written by Ted Kohler and Rube Bloom called Don't Worry About Me. And tune number five was uh, the Gigi's arrangement of a traditional tune that everybody knows as well, a tune called Frankie and Johnny. And then the final tune of the set was um, a famous composition by Mr. Grice, dedicated to the jazz baroness, Nika Rothschild. And uh, this is another tune that's been played by um, all kinds of uh, jazz groups. The tune is called Nika's Tempo. One of the many tunes dedicated to the jazz baroness. So that was our jazz feature tonight. And uh, the artist, of course, in question was a man named George General Grice. And he was better known as Gigi Grice. And uh, Gigi, of course, uh, passed away in 1983 at a rather young age. He was only 57 years old, died of a heart attack. And uh, what a, a great figure in his time in jazz music. All right, you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. And my name Gavin Walker, and we'll be right back after uh, some messages. I've got a a band, a great band led by trumpeter Don Ellis, and um, I was there at the Monterey Jazz Festival back in September of 1966, and we're going to hear, um, well, I'll, I'll get into it when we get into the music, but that's uh, up next, the Don Ellis Jazz Orchestra. Some pretty amazing music. But first, <laughs> as they say, here we go. Discorder. That magazine from CITR 101.9 FM. Presents a showcase of emerging Vancouver-based hip-hop artists Friday, November 18th at the Media Club. The lineup is comprised of some of the most talked about and should be talked about hip-hop artists in Vancouver. Including So Loki, Missy D, Romy, Something August, Spotty Joseph, and Freeman Young. The CITR's Crimes and Treasons DJing and MCing this 19-plus event. We them boys! Be sure to come check us out. We're Crimes and Treasons Radio. We're going to be hosting and DJing at the Media Club. Be sure to come check us out. Crimes and Treasons. For more information and tickets, visit discorder.ca. Now in its 16th year, Media Democracy Days brings together media makers, activists, and educators to celebrate independent media and social change. Media Democracy Days is happening this year at the Central Branch of the Vancouver Public Library on November 15th and 16th. The event includes a community radio takeover of the Inspiration Lab on the 15th and 16th at the Central Branch of the Vancouver Public Library and a full day of hands-on workshops, discussions, and collaboratively determined events on November 19th at SFU Vancouver's Harbor Center campus. This year's keynote speaker is Ryan McMahon of the Red Man Laughing Podcast. The event is free to attend. Visit 2016.mediademocracydays.ca for a full program. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional 
unceded Coast Salish territory of the Hunkamenim-speaking Musqueam people. All right, we're going to take you back, and I'm going to take myself back because I haven't, I haven't heard this in a long time. But I remember um, we were there. I was there with a, a group of friends, uh, uh, all musicians from Seattle. And uh, we had gone down to the Monterey Jazz Festival in 1966. And, of course, there were happenings before. Uh, this particular concert took place uh, fairly early in the day. And we, were, um, we had all been uh, partying and uh, hanging out. And uh, we were all a little bit hungover. And uh, we had uh, downed copious amounts of coffee. And we were sitting in the stands and waiting for the first um, first performance by Don Ellis and his orchestra. And, of course, we had never heard this orchestra before. We'd heard about it, and, of course, Don Ellis was a very prominent uh, trumpet player. And, um, of course, he was a very innovative band leader, and he um, began this... He had moved to Los Angeles and began... Uh, for, he formed this this particular band... And it wasn't your average big band. This was going to be a concert band. And Don Ellis, of course, was a, a bit of a, a musical pioneer. Um, his music was very edgy. And uh, he was going to form a very individual-sounding band, uh, a very um, a unique-sounding band that wasn't your sort of average big band. And what he dealt with was um, very strange time signatures. And, of course, the reading skill that uh, um, the musicians in his band had to have was on a very, very high level. And um, a lot of the great studio musicians were too busy to, uh, to work with Ellis. But he did find um, a sympathetic group of uh, younger musicians who were uh, well-educated and excellent readers, because you had to be to play in this band and to play these kind of weird tempos. And um, Ellis put together a very interesting and very wonderful-sounding band. And I remember my buddies from from uh, Seattle, they were all, all musicians. I won't go uh, into who they were. But, uh, uh, well, Joe Brazil was um, a wonderful saxophone player, and he, he and I were very tight. And um, Joe had uh, actually, he had recorded, and he knew all kinds of things about music. He was a great, a great teacher. And uh, I remember we were listening to the band, and Joe looked at me and said, what the hell is that? <laughs> but uh, I don't remember my reaction at the time to this music, although it was, I just thought it was really kind of interesting more than anything else, and it, it was unlike anything I had ever heard a big band play. So we're going to take you back, and we're going to listen to the very first tune that this band played at that uh, Monterey Jazz Festival, September 18th, 1966. The introduction is by um, the great impresario of the Monterey Jazz Festival at the time, Jimmy Lyons. He was the founder of the Monterey Jazz Festival. And uh, Don Ellis will introduce 
the tune, which features uh, Ira Shulman on tenor saxophone as in a solo, and Mr. Ellis, of course, on trumpet. The um, rhythm section uh, was composed of, uh, um, they had three bass players in this band, Ray Neapolitan, Chuck DeMonico, and Frank De La Rosa on basses, two drummers, Steve Bohannon and Alan Estes, and on conga drums, Chino Valdez, and of course the regular whole bunch of trumpet players, saxophone players, and um, trombone players. So we'll just take you back right now to that festival, and here's Jimmy Lyons to uh, talk about the band. Thank you very much. You know, in setting up our afternoons at Monterey, we have devoted one afternoon usually to exploring new forms in jazz. 25 years ago, we started a band down in Balboa Beach, Stan Kenton, and I don't think I've ever been as thrilled since then. So ladies and gentlemen, I would uh, like to have you greet one of the most brilliant sounds in the big band business I've ever heard. The gentleman responsible for it, ladies and gentlemen, Don Ellis and his orchestra, Don Ellis. Thank you, Jimmy, and thank you. Just a, a couple words about what you're going to hear before we get started. Uh, the first number we have is uh, one that's based in what we call the traditional 19, uh, 19 beats to the bar. Let me give you the subdivision here. It's three, three, two, 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 one, two, two, two. Of course, that's just the area code. That's the name of the piece. Thank you.
And now we'd like to do a composition written by Hank Levy, and it's called Passacaglia and Fugue, and is based, although in a jazz idiom, on the strict classical forms of a Passacaglia and Fugue. We'll perform it now. Features Tom Scott on alto.
And those were the first two selections that we heard at this uh, Monterey Jazz Festival concert by the Don Ellis Orchestra. And uh, we heard, of course, um, the host, Jimmy Lyons, uh, introduced Don, and then Don introduced the first tune, which was called simply 3-3-2-2-2-1-2-2-2. That's the time signature. And that featured uh, Ira Schulman on tenor saxophone and, of course, uh, Don Ellis on trumpet. And the second tune was uh, Passagalia and Fugue, written by Hank Levy, one of Don's uh, uh, writing buddies. And um, we heard a very young Tom Scott on alto saxophone. And, of course, uh, Tom went on to great fame and fortune with the LA Express and um, became one of the uh, leading uh, studio musicians in Los Angeles. But he was just beginning his career at that time. Uh, so Tom on alto saxophone and, and Don Ellis on trumpet. And uh, those two tunes uh, kicked off. <laughs> and as I said, I was getting puzzled looks <laughs> from my buddy Joe Brazil. And uh, he, I, sa- I said, well, don't you like that stuff? And he said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was his reaction. So I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I enjoyed re-listening to it and uh, re- remembering... Um, being there in 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 the audience, and uh, uh, I think Don Ellis uh, and the sound of the orchestra kind of um, helped me with a little bit of the hangover that I had. So there you go. Thanks, Don, the late Don Ellis, and of course uh, all the wonderful people in the rhythm section. There's a whole slew of trombone players and trumpet players, of course, in the band and saxophone players. We mentioned the soloist, but um, the rhythm section, three bass players, Ray Neapolitan, Chuck DeMonico, and Frank De La Rosa on bass, Steve Bohanan on drums, and Alan Estes on drums, and Chino Valdez on the congas and the bongo drums. And, of course, uh, playing all those weird time signatures. That was uh, the specialty of, of this band. Don Ellis, unique, big band. We're going to feature a Canadian artist now, one you probably never heard of. You've heard of uh, their, uh, his accompanists, but you've probably never heard of this guy, and he's an incredible piano player, and we're going to hear uh, some music by him right after uh, these important messages. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9. Or on your computer, www.citr.ca. And we'll be right back. My name is Gavin Walker. Want to know what's up at UBC? Read the UBC. It's only the largest student newspaper in Western Canada, and it's written and edited entirely by UBC students. The UBC is your source for on-campus news, culture, and sports. New editions come out every Monday and Thursday. For breaking news as well as amazing videos and blogs, check out ubc.ca. Let me tell you about my best friend. She's a warm heart. 
Become a CITR member and make some new friends. Members get discounts on Main Street at Antisocial Skateboard Shop, Dandelion Records and Emporium, Devil Maywear, East Vanity Parlor, East Van Graphics, F is in Frank, Lucky's Comics, Neptune Records, Red Cat Records, the Regional Assembly of Texts, RX Comics, The Rag Machine, The Wallflower Modern Diner, True Value Vintage, I Found Gallery, and Woo Vintage Clothing. What would we do without our friends? It's usually time for us to, uh, obviously, you, uh, I'm sure you recognize that theme from uh, many shows of the past, and of course, uh, we're going to tell you a little bit about the weather, which is not particularly inspiring. Well, you know, it's, it is November, and, and uh, we all know what we're going to get in, in November, and uh, there's not much of a respite with, uh, with the precipitation. It's going to ease up a little bit, but, you know, basically it's going to be cloudy and rainy, and that's the general forecast. Tonight, mainly cloudy with a low of 7. Tomorrow, showers with a low of 7 and a high of 9. Wednesday is cloudy with a 40% chance of a shower, low of 7, high of 9. Um, Thursday, 60% chance of a shower. Um, same deal, 7 and 9, high and, or low and high. Uh, Friday looks a little better, only a 30% chance of a shower with a low of 6 and a high of 9. And then <laughs> Saturday, Saturday and Sunday, uh, rain. Oh, boy. Anyway, with a low of 3 and uh, a high of 9 for Saturday and Sunday. Rain, 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 rain. Go away. But uh, it isn't going to go away because it's November in Vancouver. And we're all used to that now anyway. So we just uh, we just try and stay happy and, uh, you know, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. And, and, and feel very lucky that we live here, too, by the way. All right. <laughs> uh, enough uh, philosophizing here. I would like to remind you, before we get into the music of uh, two great websites... One of them is the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. That's coastaljazz.ca. That is an extremely comprehensive website. You can make reservations at uh, Coastal Jazz's uh, uh, club that they sponsor, and that's Frankie's Jazz Club. That's the Vancouver's leading jazz club. It's down on Beattie Street, right opposite BC Place. If you've never been there, uh, you're in for a real treat. And you can make reservations. Check out the schedule on... Uh, coastaljazz.ca and you can find out who's playing there and if somebody is there that uh, you're a fan of and uh, you want to you're or you're just curious to hear uh, somebody that you've heard about um, there you go you can make reservations and uh, book your seats and uh, the night that you're going to go down and the the particular show all of that stuff is uh, possible on the coastal jazz website, which is coastaljazz.ca. And of course, uh, they have their own uh, concerts um, that they sponsor too. And Coastal Jazz, as we all know, are the fine, fine people that uh, uh, create the big jazz festival every year right here in Vancouver. And uh, 
that is an excellent website to get onto. And the other um, jazz website, uh, which is equally um, as effective and a good one, all kinds of links on that, is the website administered by my old friend Brian Nation. That is vancouverjazz.com. So that's a, uh, both of those websites are really valuable uh, information sources. So it's coastaljazz.ca or vancouverjazz.com. And just one more thing that I always mention on the show is my good friend Ken Speller, who is a wonderful saxophonist, musician, and teacher. And also, uh, yeah, he's a real man for all seasons. He's also a repairman uh, who will fix up your beaten-up old musical instrument uh, that's got leaks and uh, needs new springs and keys and all that sort of stuff. Uh, Ken does all of that, uh, all of that work. But he uh, has a business called Music at Home, and he will teach you how to play uh, the saxophone, the flute, or the clarinet, whichever you choose. And um, he has had a long career, uh, lived in Japan for many years and taught over there, and he's here. He's located in the Metrotown area of uh, Burnaby, and uh, I'll give you the contact information in a moment. Ken, of course, um, is an excellent repairman, as I mentioned. And, of course, if you have an instrument or uh, whether you're a professional uh, student or amateur, um, you know that saxophones, flutes, clarinets always need upkeep. And Ken is an expert at that. He doesn't charge you an arm and a leg. Musical repairs can be very expensive on instruments, and Ken keeps his prices at a bare minimum because his workshop is right in his home, so he doesn't have the overhead to worry about. So he charges reasonable prices. Good man to know, Ken Speller. Whichever you're, uh, you want to learn music or you want to have your instrument, uh, musical instrument repaired or some good advice on uh, whether to rent or buy, all that, all that kind of stuff. He's the, he's the guy to go and see, the go-to guy, Ken Speller. Uh, he can be reached at uh, 778-800-1933. That's 778-800-1933. Or uh, you can reach him via email, kspeller, K-S-P-E-L-L-E-R underscore 14 at yahoo.ca kspeller underscore 14 at yahoo.ca. All right, getting back to some music. Have you ever heard of a guy named Stu Harrison? Probably not. This, I'd never, I'd never heard of him either. Uh, but um, the, the two people that are accompanying uh, Stu, who is a piano player, are two very old and very good friends of mine and two of the greatest musicians that this country has ever produced. Originally from Victoria, Neil Swainson on bass, and on drums from Vancouver, went to Lord Bing High School, Terry Clark on drums. And, of course, they're both residents of Toronto. Um, and they recorded this album with this gentleman by the name of Stu Harrison. And I had never heard of him before. What a piano player. Um, and, interestingly enough, this album, um, I was talking to, to Neil, who was in Victoria just recently, and uh, he told me that this album was basically, all the tunes in here were basically done on one take. They had no rehearsal. 
Um, uh, Stu just presented the tunes that he wanted to hear, uh, and maybe he just had a verbal rundown of, of the way he wanted the tunes to go. And, of course, with Neil and Terry, you can't go wrong with uh, musicians of that experience. And um, this record is quite wonderful. And it's, uh, uh, um, it's entitled simply Stu Harrison, Volume 1. And uh, it's on One Night Stand Records. And if you can uh, um, simply get on the web, check them out. One Night Stand Records, and that's uh, that's the label. We're going to hear uh, several tunes from this album. We're going to open up with the first track on the album. It's from My Fair Lady, and the tune is called On the Street Where You Live. And the second tune is uh, one of Dave Brubeck's most uh, famous compositions, called In Your Own Sweet Way. And then we're going to conclude with a great tune by Dizzy Gillespie, and it's called Manteca. So here, if you've never heard him before, you're in for a treat. Stu Harrison.
whoa, I made a mistake. <laughs> I hit the wrong button. We're going to hear that tune over again. It's so good. And uh, we're just going to carry on with <laughs> the three tunes that I announced. Uh, very sorry about that. I just uh, I was looking for another button, and I hit the wrong one. So here we go again. Let's, let's hear that again. An amazing piece of music on the street where you live.
That was the piano stylings of someone that I had never heard of before this, Stu Harrison. And, of course, he's based in, uh, in Toronto, and this album was uh, issued on One Night Stand Records. And it featured Stu, of course, on piano, accompanied by two of the most prominent and famous Canadian jazz musicians, Neil Swainson on bass, originally from Victoria, and Terry Clark on drums, originally from Vancouver. And, of course, um, all three of them are based in Toronto. This is simply called Stu Harrison, Volume 1. And, of course, he's obviously a formidable talent on piano. And uh, these, um, as I mentioned, I was talking to Neil, and he told me that uh, just all the tunes here, um, Stu just gave the... Uh, they had no rehearsal, and Stu just gave um, the... Terry and uh, and Neil, just a, a verbal rundown of how he wanted the tune to go, and um, maybe with a couple of false starts, but uh, basically they just everything was done in one take. Pretty amazing, and uh, this album is uh, extremely consistent and uh, and very very well done. It's called simply Stu Harrison, Volume One. We heard three tunes. Uh, the first one was from My Fair Lady on the Street Where You Live by Lerner and Lowe. The second tune was uh, Dave Brubeck's, probably his most famous composition, called In Your Own Sweet Way. And the third tune, of course, was a classic written by Dizzy Gillespie and Channel Pozo entitled Manteca. So Stu Harrison at the piano, Neil Swainson on bass, and Terry Clark on drums. We're going to turn now to a gentleman who is <laughs> getting on in years, 91 years old, still alive, feisty um, and, and funny and uh, just a, a tremendous personality, and he still occasionally plays. Ah, this is it. And, of course, he is um, one of the legends of jazz music. He plays the vibes, and, of course, he has been associated with just about everybody uh, in jazz, from uh, Woody Herman to Charlie Parker to just just everybody. This, um, okay, this is who I'm talking about. Julius Gubenko. <laughs> Never heard of him? Well, he's better known as Terry Gibbs. Born and raised in um, New York City. Of course, he currently lives in Los Angeles. Terry Gibbs, 91 years old and still as personable, funny, and still plays. Amazing. Anyway, this is a great album. I think this is one of his finest albums that he, he made. And he made lots of them. Um, this one is called Bobstacle Course. And it came out on Xanadu Records. And it, was, it features Terry with a real wonderful New York rhythm section. Barry Harris on piano, who is still with us. Sam Jones on bass, the late Sam Jones, one of the great bass players of all time, and one of the great drummers of all time, Alan Dawson, the late Alan Dawson. So we're going to hear three tunes from this album. We'll hear the title track first, called Bobstacle Course. It's a composition by Terry Gibbs. And then his version of a great uh, Romberg Hammerstein tune, the jazz standard, really, Softly as in a Morning Sunrise. And then we're going to hear the famous Louise Bonfa tune um, from Black, the movie Black Orpheus, Morning of the Carnival, or more uh, correctly, Manha de Carnaval. So those three tunes we're going to hear, 
And it's from this uh, wonderful album, Bobstacle Course, by the mighty Terry Gibbs. Sometimes these CDs give you trouble. I'm going to switch players, and uh, we're going to start that one again. You just never know when that's going to happen. And, of course, this is live radio. <laughs> so uh, we're going to start this one over again, and hopefully there will be no more uh, skipperoonies on here. Yeah, CDs are, uh, are like that sometimes. They just don't. They, w- they will do it. Okay, here we go, Bobsicle Course.
we made it uh, through the three, three tunes, despite the uh, temperamental uh, CD. Uh, you know, you just never know. You put these things in the player, and then they go wonky. But uh, anyway, that's the, uh, the trials and tribulations of live radio. <laughs> anyway, we hope you enjoyed uh, those three tunes by the great, and still with us, Terry Gibbs, 91 years old. Amazing. And um, this is from an album that he did uh, back in 1974, and it's one of his finest albums, uh, I think, and it's called Bobstacle Course. The, the people involved here, Terry, of course, on Vibes, and Barry Harris on piano, Sam Jones on bass, and Alan Dawson on drums. And the first tune was entitled Bobstacle Course, and uh, after a slight delay, the uh, second tune uh, that we heard was Softly as in a Morning Sunrise, and the third tune was uh, Terry's uh, speedy uh, version of Morning of the Carnival by Louise Bonfa from uh, the movie Black Orpheus. Terry Gibbs, uh, a true living legend. And uh, as I said, he's still as funny and as energetic as ever, and he's 91 years old, still kicks ass. One of the more unique versions of Art Blakey's Jazz Messengers is featured right here. This was a, a, a rather short-lived uh, edition of The Messengers, but it was recorded in January of 1966 at the Lighthouse in Hermosa Beach in California. We're going to hear um, a great track here. The people involved here uh, on trumpet was someone who went on to uh, really make a name for himself in... Um, I guess we could call it uh, smooth jazz or fusion jazz, this sort of thing. But he was an amazing, and still is, an amazing trumpeter. Chuck Mangione is the trumpet player on here. The late and wonderful, he left us uh, very soon. He was only basically a kid, um, but he left us very early. Uh, Frank Mitchell on tenor saxophone, very, very fine player. And on piano, someone that you will recognize, who was in Blakey's Messengers for uh, a few months, none other than Keith Jarrett on piano. Okay, and Reggie Johnson is the bassist, and of course the great Art Blakey on drums. And this is a tune by Chuck Mangione. It's the longest track on the album, and uh, it's, I think it's the high point of this album. The tune is called Recuerdo, written by Chuck Mangione, Art Blakey, and this edition of the Jazz Messengers. Here we go. Mm-hmm. 
We heard two pieces of music. The one we just heard was from a great album that I've always liked by Tony Williams, who was the leader on there. It was recorded in 1965 when Tony, of course, was still with um, Miles Davis's band. But uh, he did a couple of albums on his own for Blue Note, and they're, they're extremely adventurous and fun to listen to. And this one is called Spring. And it featured Wayne Shorter on tenor saxophone, who took the first solo, and Sam Rivers on the second tenor saxophone solo, and Gary Peacock on bass, and Tony Williams on drums, who was uh, scarcely out of his teens uh, when he recorded this album. And that composition was his and entitled Extras. And it's from this uh, classic Blue Note album called Spring recorded in August of 1965. And preceding that, we heard Recuerdo, a composition by Chuck Mangione. And Chuck, of course, was a member of Art Blakey's Jazz Messengers. Uh, at the time, this was recorded in January of 1966 at the Lighthouse uh, in Hermosa Beach. And in the band, 
along with Chuck Mangione, the legendary and uh, sadly early departed uh, tenor saxophonist Frankie Mitchell. On piano is someone that uh, I think everybody knows, very early um, appearance on records by the one and only Keith Jarrett on piano, and he was a, a messenger for a few months. Reggie Johnson on bass, and of course Art Blakey on drums. Recuerdo by Chuck Mangione. All right, we've got a couple of messages for you, and we'll, we'll be right back. You are listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker. This is The Jazz Show, and we'll be back with uh, some more great music in a few moments. It's the biggest musical competition in the country. CITR is hosting the 33rd annual Shindig. It's a battle of the bands at Pat's Pub every Tuesday night. We've curated 27 rad bands to compete for the title. Who will take the crown from last year's winners late spring? Come to find out. Fun fact, at this year's Shindig, there'll be fun facts for beers. Thanks to this year's sponsors, AMS Events, Backline Musician Services, Canadian Music Week, Discorder, Fader Master Studios, Rain City Recorders, Mint Records, Music Waste, Nimbus Recording, Thunderbird Radio Hell, Sixcent Press, Silver Fox Postering, Van Merch Canada, Blue Light Studios, Zulu Records, Fernie Brewing, and Print Print. Come out to Shindig this Tuesday, November 15th to see Pocket Milk, Crumb, and Devours. Without the help and support of our friends, we here at CITR wouldn't be able to bring you all the great music, art, cinema, and culture that you love. Thanks to the long-standing support from the Rio Theatre, we are able to keep you informed on all the great artists, films, and everything else coming to town there. For all the current information about who and what's playing at the Rio Theatre, visit their website at www.riotheatre.ca. Here is a very fine recording by Johnny Griffin, the little giant, and Rolf Erickson, who was uh, one of the finest trumpet players um, originally from Sweden. And Rolf spent some time in, in the U.S. in the 50s and in the mid-60s, but of course he was uh, mainly based in his home country. And all of this was recorded in Berlin. Um, in May of 1978, and we hear Griffin on tenor saxophone, the Little Giant, Rolf Erickson on trumpet, Fritz Power on piano, Lucas Lindholm on bass, and American expat Ronnie Stevenson on drums. We're going to hear a couple of tunes uh, from this album. It's called the Berlin Session. We're going to hear a tune. Um, the first tune is called Double Digit, and uh, the second tune is by um, Bud Powell. Uh, Double Digit is written by Rolf Erickson, and he did the arrangement. And Bud Powell wrote the second tune we're going to hear. It's a tune called Oblivion. And trumpeter Carmel Jones did the arrangement on that tune. So here then, two great players of jazz music, Johnny Griffin and Rolf Erickson. Thank you. 
two great musicians who had never recorded together before, Rolf Erickson on trumpet and Johnny Griffin on tenor saxophone. And, of course, Griffin, originally from Chicago, was one of the legendary um, tenor saxophonists, went to uh, live a long, healthy life in Europe, passed away in 2008 at the age of 80. Rolf Erickson uh, passed away in... Uh, in uh, 1997, and of course, Rolf uh, played with Charlie Parker in Sweden in 1950. Um, he played with Duke Ellington, played with Stan Kenton, Woody Herman, Maynard Ferguson. He also worked with Charles Mingus, Dexter Gordon, Jerry Mulligan, uh, an amazing musician whose home was uh, basically in Sweden, but he did spend some time in the United States. Rolf Erickson on trumpet, and... Um, uh, very fine rhythm section as well uh, on this. Fritz Power on piano, Lucas Lindholm on bass, and Ronnie Stevenson on drums. And uh, this was recorded in May of 1978 in Berlin. We heard two tunes. Rolf's tune, Double Digit, was the first tune, and the second tune was written by pianist Bud Powell called Oblivion. Johnny Griffin and Rolf Erickson. We're going to take you back to New York. The Halcyon Days, about 1954 in August, for Blue Note Records. Papa Lou Donaldson, who celebrated just recently his 90th birthday. And he still, he goes out every night. And he, he, he sits in, he plays, and uh, he hangs out in all the jazz spots in, in New York. And uh, he's absolutely an amazing um, human being. Papa Lou Donaldson. Sweet Papa Lou, and uh, he's one of the funniest uh, people you're ever likely to meet. Um, he never minces words, doesn't have to at his age, but he sure can play the alto saxophone, always could. Originally from uh, North Carolina and entered the New York scene in the early 50s and, of course, established himself as a major musician. This is a session he did for Blue Note Records, uh, Lou on alto saxophone, the great Kenny Dorham on trumpet, the uncrowned king, and Matthew G. on trombone, a little more obscure musician, excellent trombonist, and the legendary Elmo Hope on piano, Percy Heath on bass, and Art Blakey on drums. And we're going to hear three tunes to uh, conclude the show this evening. We open with Lou Donaldson's composition called The Stroller. It's an up-tempo blues featuring everybody. And then an Elmo Hope composition called Moe's Bluff. And the final tune is a standard tune called After You've Gone. Lou Donaldson and the Sextet.
And Papa Lou, and uh, an album that he did uh, way back in the mid-50s. Actually, it came out on a 10-inch LP. <laughs> I don't think too many people out there remember those things. But um, anyway, this album was called uh, um, Sextet, the Lou Donaldson, simply se- the Lou Donaldson Sextet. And that's what it was. Lou on alto saxophone, the legendary Kenny Dorham, on trumpet, Matthew G. on trombone, Elmo Hope, equally legendary, on piano, Percy Heath on bass, and Art Blakey on drums. All recorded in August of 1954 at Rudy Van Gelder's studio. We heard three tunes. The Stroller was the first one by Lou Donaldson. The second one was by pianist Elmo Hope called Moe's Bluff. And the final tune was an old standard tune, Flag Waver, called After You've Gone. Lou Donaldson, Papa Lou, still alive and well, 90 years old, um, November 1st. Yes, that's right. He was born in uh, Baden, North Carolina in uh, 1926 and still kicking. We're going to close this edition of The Jazz Show with an equally legendary player. This is, again, a Blue Note recording. Uh, he did several dates for Blue Note, but this was the only one that they ever released under his own name. And I'm talking about Harold Floyd Brooks, Tyna Brooks. Tyna Brooks on tenor saxophone with a young Freddie Hubbard on trumpet, Duke Jordan on piano, Sam Jones on bass, and Arthur Taylor on drums. And this is the opening track from this album called True Blue. And it's a Tyna Brooks composition called Good Old Soul. And after that, we're going to say see you next week. But uh, here is Tyna Brooks to close the show.
a classic piece from the only officially released album by this great tenor saxophonist, Tyna Brooks. And uh, that album was called True Blue. And we heard the uh, opening tune from this album called Good Old Soul, which is a com uh, composition by Tyna Brooks. Uh, Brooks on tenor saxophone, of course. Freddie Hubbard on trumpet. Duke Jordan on piano, Sam Jones on bass, and Arthur Taylor on drums. And uh, that's it for this edition of The Jazz Show on CITR. And uh, we'd like to uh, invite you to come on back next week. We'll be here in seven days' time. And we start, of course, at 9 o'clock in the evening every Monday night. So we hope you enjoyed um, some of the show, and if you were with us uh, for the whole time, all of the show. And once again, just like to thank you very much for being out there. On behalf of myself, Gavin Walker, and CITR FM 101.9, or on your computer, www.citr.ca. And we'll see you in seven days' time. And uh, I was going to say enjoy the weather, but uh, tolerate the weather. That's, that's a much better way. Okay, take care. See you next week. Bye-bye.